Conferencine, bringing you more reviews, recaps, and rants on all your favorite K-dramas. This is Drama Buds, an anime podcast. So hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds. I was debating, like, what what do I do? What what kind of segment will I choose for this episode? Where I just want to talk about the finale of My Dearest, some of the things that happened that led to what the cliffhanger was, and why I'm, like, so frustrated, but I also love the storytelling of everything and how they left us with this cliffhanger that I am really now just begging, begging for October to come so I can watch part two. Then I thought, is this a chill and chat? Am I chill right now? I'm not. I'm not gonna be chill about this. And seeing the response to it online, I guess, or the initial response. I remember the night episode 10 aired, so that was Saturday. People were saying like K-Nets were freaking out. And what? What do you mean they're freaking out? What happened in this finale? But when I watched it, it's like, Okay, I see what they're doing. I'm a little bit devastated, but I understand and I'm still excited. So I thought, I have to defend it. I have to defend this episode. And seeing a few, you know, bad takes uh, on the characters, a lot of frustration that is understandable, but also I I think we need to all collectively chill. I feel like I need to defend this finale. So that's that's what this is. This is an in-defense of episode, not for one character in particular, but for the entire thing. For the whole part one, for the whole finale of part one. Just so you know, if you haven't watched the show, this episode is not for you. Get out of here. You, you, you don't want to hear this. You don't want to hear this. You have to experience this drama for yourself, I swear. I will do a proper midpoint recap right before the show airs, right? Where I just go through all the characters and everything that happened, you know, just for the benefit of everyone who watched, who maybe don't want to rewatch anymore, or for those who, for some reason, want to jump into part two, you decide what you do with the recaps. But yeah, I'll do the proper recap right before part two. For now, I just I just need to process this finale and why... I'm... Ah, okay, let, let's just get into it. So I guess it's fair to recap some of the things that happened. I promise I will be saving a lot of the proper thoughts and, uh, you know, good summaries of the events of this show for the actual recap. For now, I'm just trying to go off the top of my head, completely unscripted. What happened? What happened? How did we end up in this cliffhanger? So, just in the past two episodes, because Yeonjun got arrested for, for not following the king's orders to be a, a diplomat for or whatever. Basically, Yeonjun said no to the king and the king got mad at him. So he got arrested and his estate got seized. And so Gilche and Une, his, his wife now, they got kicked out and so they're they're poor now. And Gilche decided to use her wits and work with the blacksmith that this officer that she knows, she, she works with them to make brass bowls. And so that's how they ended up eventually getting to, to, to feed themselves. And it's just it's a huge character arc for Gilche. And it's also kind of symbolistic for her embracing 
uh, Jang Hyun as, as her lover and, and their similarities and letting go of the proper noble girl image, yada yada. So much, so much. Episode 9. Like, Gilche hugging that bowl and crying. I almost thought, like, am I gonna cry over this? I think, I think I'm getting there because I just, her as a character. Gilche is, I think, my top female character of the year. She is just, she is pure fire. And I, you know I love characters that are pure fire. That's later. Gilche gets her section because I love her, I love her. Anyway, that officer that I mentioned, right? Whose name I still, I still don't know, that guy. He, uh, he's interested in her and he proposes to her. And he says the exact same things that Jang Yun said to her about Yeonjun. It's like, what is it about Yeonjun that I don't have? And, you know, Yeonjun was an engaged man to her, her closest friend. And now Jang Yun, as she knows, is dead. So it's like, to the officer guy, I'm right here. I'm here. And then you're holding on to a dead man. And I can't fully summarize her character arc at the moment. But I think Gilche has been through so much. Right? And here's someone promising her you know, a stable life and companionship. And you know, she's not old or anything, but the past year of war and struggling to survive and you know, starting a business and shedding her noble image, proper image and everything, like that has taken a toll on her. And you know, it, it would be good to secure this stable life for herself and for her father who has been through something so traumatic that he uh, doesn't even recognize her anymore and to her younger siblings and to Une and all their, their maidens, their, sta- their staff, their servants and all that. Like, it would be good to secure that for everyone else. And if this person loves me, you know, it, it, it's, you know those kinds of decisions and situations. So, yeah, she agreed to marry him. And then they started the bridal ritual stuff already. And then, surprise, surprise, Chang Yun came back. He's been serving the crown prince and working for the barbarians for, uh, for a bit of time. And when he came back, because finally the crown prince was allowed to come back to Joseon, that's what he's greeted with. He's seeing her getting married or about to get married. And then he, you know, comes to her and appeals to her and it's like, why didn't you wait for me? Yada, yada, yada. And then and she says, you know, you're not reliable. You're always gone. And eventually they just come out and say that, no, I have missed you. I have longed for you. I thought you were dead. And I think when you think someone's dead, I mean, in your mind, that's kind of like a closed door. That's that's the end of the road. And mentally, she kind of started to move on or she tried to. She's trying to. She's in the process of doing it and suddenly, he's not dead. And so yeah, that is kind of, that does mess with someone's head. But that doesn't mean that she's just going to jump straight back into his arms because yeah, he has proven time and time again that he's not uh, reliable, that he's not stable. But what he's offering her is, let's run away. Because, yeah, because we love each other and I will love you, you know, fully and completely. I'm all yours. I'm your servant. I'm not your husband. I will be your servant. It's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm not against that. <laughs> okay, joke lang yan. Joke lang. Okay. They actually do run away. 
But while Jang Yun was trying to secure their boat so they can sail off somewhere and be happy, she realizes like, okay, I need to say goodbye to my father. I can't just leave my father. Oh my god. And then, yeah, she realizes she's leaving her family and her friends and her servants and the people who have come to rely on her because of her wits and her, you know, the way she has run the business and provided for everyone. People need her here. And although she does love Jang Yun, I think that's real, she also has grown up a lot. She's not just a girl looking for love, for some romantic fantasy that will take her out of her little village or whatever and make her happy. She has embraced responsibility. She's embraced this role that she's now taking on for everyone who counts on her. And she leaves and gets married to officer guy and Chang Yun sees that and leaves again and then the big cliffhanger is that two years later we see him rounding up like prisoners of war who escaped uh, for, for the barbarians again and then he has a romantic-ish question mark moment with girl in a blue mask also known as Ichong Ah in yet again another uh, another project her third project with Nam Gung Min in the past three four years so that's why people are up in arms because they're like, huh? What? Where's Kilche? Is there going to be a new love interest? Uh, like, oh my god, guys. Nam Gung Min and, and MBC, I think, themselves had to say like, Jang Yun and Gilche's love story will continue in part two, guys. Freaking chill. Freaking chill. They're not letting go of Gilche just because Yi Chong is here in a non-cameo role. She's not credited as a cameo. So I think she'll have a pretty significant role, but... I mean, guys, that's that's chill. Let's have some perspective. This is Chang Yun and Gilche's love story. So that's the tea. That's what happened in most of episodes 9 and 10. So let's start the defending. Let's start the defense. In defense of Gilche for simply existing because I love her and she has done nothing wrong ever except for the things that she had to do to survive, which just... Oh my god, her character devastates me in a good way. You know what I mean? She's the kind of character who is just so tragic but so strong. And I love her the more we watch of her. Like, she's the one I miss the most. Honestly, Jang Yun is secondary to me in this show. This is Gilche's show. I love her so much. Um, I'm trying to not say all my thoughts. Because I want to save it for the recap. But I really love Gilche so much. Because she is... Uh, you know, she's she's pure and innocent and shallow and thrown into war in a difficult situation where no one is able to step up physically or mentally, intellectually. No one can do this for her. No one can help them out. So she has to take the lead. She has to help the their their servant give birth. She has to kill someone, right? She has to run away. She has to negotiate with the officer. She has to stab someone and make them back away so that the boat could leave, even if that woman was carrying their child, begging them to take her child. Gilche has had to make so many difficult decisions in the past six, seven episodes alone, okay? And I think anyone who is frustrated with her for not, you know, running away with Jang Yun. I mean, if anyone holds that opinion, right? If anyone was like, oh my god, this is so frustrating. You could have just ran away right now and you could have been happy. If anyone holds that opinion, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That would be disregarding her entire character arc, which I think is the most precious, powerful thing in this entire show. Because here's the thing. 
Kilche is not the same girl, yeah, begging for her love or just only dreaming of love the way that she was back when they were in their village. And actually, one of my favorite character moments for her, of my many favorite character moments, is when she let go of Yeonjun, of her pining for Yeonjun. Because at that moment, I think she realized that Yeonjun kind of just the last sliver of innocence and girlhood that she has left. Because she, you know, she doesn't live in that village with all her little problems. She doesn't have a flock of boys, you know, floating around her, begging for her attention. Her father is not the head of school. He's not a powerful person in their village anymore. He's traumatized. He's weak and needy. Her siblings all depend on her. Her servants depend on her. And she has done some pretty terrible things during that war. Okay, she is not a clean, pure, fresh maiden anymore. But no, I'm still that girl because I'm still in love with this pure, perfect, you know, scholar who is wise and virtuous and also only loyal to one woman. And I can be ultimately loyal to one man. That's who I still am, I swear. But by letting go of her pining for Yeonjun and accepting that, you know, that dream of hers where she was chasing the red string, going through, you know, hills and valleys and different seasons and all these struggles to reach her lover, who is Jang Yun now in her imagination, in her mind, that's her finally letting go of that fantasy and really embracing who she is and who she has become after all her trials. Oh my god, Gilche! I love her so much. And yeah, to say that now she should have just accepted Jang Yun, like she should have just ran away with Jang Yun. I, I understand the frustration, but you know, guys, this is episode 10 of a 20 episode series. If they had a happy ending now, I would be more scared. Anyway, the Venn diagram of people who are frustrated with Gilche, were mad at Gilche for not running away with Jang Yun, and the people who, you know, were frustrated with Dok Im of the Red Sleeve for simply not becoming San's wife or concubine and just accepting her place in his life like that, that Venn diagram is a circle. That Venn diagram is a circle, I'm telling you. I'm not the biggest Red Sleeve fan. I didn't fully get into the brain rot or whatever. And I remember at some point, I was DMing <laughs> Ross, who I, I discussed the Red Sleeve with, way, way back then. Go listen to that episode. Anyway, I was telling her, like, why can't they just be happy? I just want them to be happy. But then I realized after watching the whole show, no, that was the point. Okay, we have to respect her agency as a character, choosing what is most important to her, to herself. And similarly, for Gilche, we have to respect that she chose her family and providing for all these people that needed her versus, you know, running away with some guy who has consistently, as I said, consistently proven that he can and will leave time and time again. I will get to an in defense of Jang Yun part later. I think although he is more at fault in this situation than Gilche is, I'm really like, I love her so much. I, I do think Jang Yun needs a little bit of defense, but because I'm mostly on Gilche's side all the time, how could she trust that his love will endure and he will always be there for her when, yeah, he has led her astray? Not intentionally. He doesn't intend to hurt her, right? But he always does. 
And Gilche is not in the position to just take that risk with him. She will take Mr. Officer Dude and choose her family. And like, we gotta respect that. And we also, I mean, it's just so in line with her character that I cannot be mad at it. And I refuse to be mad at it. And I refuse to listen to anyone who is mad at it. No, Gilche is absolutely not wrong in this situation at all. Now we do the in defense of Jang Yun part. Which is a bit harder for me because, <laughs> well, no, there's more to defend. There are definitely more people coming after him, which is good. But also, like, I just think my defense of him is simply rooted in the fact that I think characters should be allowed to be flawed and say things in the heat of the moment and get hurt and hurt in response. And that's not, you know, wee-woo-wee-woo, toxic male lead alert. You know, uh... If I, I haven't seen that word or that term, that phrase used yet, but when I do, my opinion on it is that, guys, chill. He didn't kidnap. <laughs> he did not kidnap Gilche, you know? He did not force her to come with him and then force her to be happy leaving her family. He did not come after her and guilt trip her when she had made her decision. He just, like... He went up and left because that's what he's good at, right? No, I think what people are mostly angry about when it comes to him is when he, you know, he came back and he saw that she was getting married and he said, you really can't live without a man, huh? Which is like, um, excuse me, excuse me. Because in our perspective, seeing everything Gilche has been through, which she has achieved so much without a man, like her marrying Mr. Officer Dude is not... You know, out of pure desperation. It's really out of, I'm so tired and I have done so much and it would be nice to have some companionship and to have someone to support me through this. Right? Mad respect to you, girl. That's what we've seen. But to him, what he's seen is that when I arrived, there was Yeonjun. I left, I came back, saved your life, still Yeonjun. So many things have happened, still Yeonjun. I left one more time and when finally, finally you let go of Yeonjun, another man, still not me? Still, that's his perspective. That's what he's seeing. Because he's also been doing so much. Things that he can't escape from. Not because he's tethered to, you know, family and loved ones like Gilche is. But for him, it's life or death. It's either he performs, he's able to do what the generals or the crown prince asks of him. It's either he does that, proves his loyalty, proves that he's not a spy, proves that he's competent, or he dies. Okay, and that's what's been going on in his side. And when he comes back thinking, okay, finally, she's letting go of Yeonjun. I left her, you know, being as sincere as I can with my feelings. And I'm coming back to her, ready to be sincere with her. And then suddenly, yeah, she's getting married. So that's what he sees. That's what he's been through. Doesn't mean he has the right to, you know, yeah, say that you really can't live without a man, can you? Doesn't mean he has the right to. But also, I just, I just don't think characters are obligated to never hurt each other. If we're talking about love, then yeah, the love is there for both of them. They were ready to run away, but responsibility won over on Gilche's side, and then she chose that. She chose that life over him at this moment. So what does Jang Yun do? He goes where he is needed. Because to him, this is yet another rejection. And to her, this is yet another abandonment. Oh my god, guys, the push and pull. I, I mean, it, it's so it's so consistent for them. And also, okay, I keep trying to save, you know, insights for the recap, but I just I've been thinking about this for so long. Jang Yun is a very untethered character. 
right? That's his whole thing. I, I don't want to get married. I don't have any family. No one counts on me. I only have, you know, my underlings and my skills and my intelligence and my network. But, uh, you know, I'm not here to settle down and have a peaceful, happy life with anyone. I'm not here to serve the king. I don't believe in those lofty ideals. I don't believe in anything. I only care about myself and the very few people that matter to me. And then he meets Gilche and he, you know, sees some of their similarities. He sees that she's also different from the other people in her village, even though she denies it. And then eventually, you know, yeah, she grows into that. She understands how much stronger she is than, than what is expected of her. And for once in his life, Jang Yun has someone that he's willing to be tethered to. He's willing to help out the war efforts because, you know, if he doesn't, Yeonjun and the other soldiers will just walk straight to their deaths. So fine, he'll speak up. He'll suggest a strategy. Fine, he'll be a spy for Joseon. He'll find a way to end this war because he knows that Gilche and the others are out there struggling. Fine, he will risk his life and fight like 15 people at once just to stop them from chasing Gilche down. He will risk his life. He will do anything to protect her from, from his side, from where he is. And that's something that he would have never done if he didn't love her. I don't think we can claim that they don't love each other. But once again, all he knows from her is rejection. And all she knows from him is abandonment. And they just keep missing each other. They just keep getting each other at the wrong time. And that's why we need the time skip and we need the rest of the 10 episodes. It's still gonna be their story. You know, that's why we need that time. So guys, let's all collectively chill, okay? And let's not denounce the show and denounce the characters for having reasonable pacing and great character arcs, you know, within these past 10 episodes. So that's it for me today. I probably missed some points that I wanted to make, but yeah, this is just off the top of my head, me defending the show and the characters for the choices that they made and the things that they said and everything. And also defending the show, taking its time and having a, a cliffhanger like, hey, that's a good cliffhanger because you really want to know what happened and what's going to happen next. But I suggest everyone who's, you know, Raising the white flag, giving up on Gilchit, saying she's gonna get written out or something like, guys, please chill. <laughs> please chill. Like, MBC had to put out a statement or a press release or something clarifying that Jang Yun and Gilche's love story will continue in part two. Everyone chill. Anyway, super happy for this show, for this drama, for getting really good ratings. Like, a massive jump in ratings after episode six, I think. For me, I got hooked episode four, but the first three episodes were really, really difficult. Oh, why am I saying so many things? I should be saving this for the recap. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I think that's it for me today. I'm really hyped for whatever's gonna come next. And yeah, I'm looking forward to more fun discussions and people screaming, crying, throwing up over the angst, the delicious angst that will be coming. 
I'm just glad we didn't get something happy now because, I mean, at the very least, there is happiness to look forward to. And once again, I prioritize character arcs and proper pacing over, you know, instant gratification of seeing the leads happy together. Guys, we gotta let stories tell themselves. You know, we cannot tell the story for them and tell them to give us what we want immediately. And this is a good example of that. A story taking its time to, to grow the way it needs to grow. So that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon.